Greetings this morning in that precious name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, the one that gives us eternal life, as Kevin shared about earlier, that we keep that as we think about life after here, as we think about the eternal perspective of life. Uh, it was a good reminder for me, I think sometimes we, you know, we tend to get wrapped up in everyday things and we tend to forget that there's, there's something more than just this. There's, there's something past, past this life. So, yeah, I just wanted to bless Kevin for sharing that. But this morning, as I was thinking about what to share, it's a topic that um, I told Sean last night, I was talking about what I'm going to share on, and I said, I probably over my head, but I don't think God's over his head. So this morning, we're going to trust in him to share what he has. And, and as I think about this topic and how we look at it, and, and if I really know what it is, we say it all the time, it's, it's multiple times in the Bible, especially in Jesus' teaching, he talks about it a lot, the kingdom of God. Or the kingdom of heaven. Uh, those are it says kingdom of God or kingdom of heaven, but what I've come to understand, I think it's one and the same. It's the same thing. And what what is that? What is the kingdom of God or what is the kingdom of heaven? And and I, if you look in the scripture, Jesus plainly tells us that I think unless we have we are part of that kingdom, we're not going to be part of the kingdom hereafter, as Kevin was sharing this morning. And, you know, some reason, and I think there is a difference, but for some reason we make this, we make this analogy where there's a, there's a separation between us being Christians here on earth, true born-again Christians living for God. There, we, 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 we make a dividing point that there's this different thing and then there's something more over here that we, we sometimes we kind of feel like we don't know if we can quite, quite attain that. But I want to look at the scripture this morning, and I think God would teach us different, Jesus would teach us different than that in his word. I think there is going to be a transformation. There's going to be a difference. There's going to be, it tells us there'll be no tears, no sorrow. There's numerous things. There's going to be a change. But I think life in general, there's a couple of scriptures that Jesus brings out that tells us we can basically be living, uh, you know, you heard the song, I'm not sure how it goes, something about a little bit of heaven here on earth. I'm not sure what song it might even Christian song, there's a song that has that saying in it. And I think we can we can live that here. When we think about the kingdom of God, and are we part of that this morning or are we not? Do we understand what it is? I think a lot of times I don't know if we truly understand what it is. We we say the words, we say the kingdom of God, we say the kingdom of heaven, but do we know what it is? And if you look at the especially the gospels, it's just all over. Uh, it's all over in there. Jesus puts it numerous times. And, I, and, you know, if he puts it numerous times, I think there's, there's something there. We shouldn't just... Uh, one fellow that, I, that has gotten to know fairly well, he says it's flyover zone. We, just, we don't understand it, so we don't talk about it. We, we look at the next thing in line. Uh, we, we like to look at his birth and maybe some of his teaching, and then when he talks about the kingdom of God, we kind of we jump over that, and we go over to the resurrection and you know, different things. We, we, we kind of tend to forget about the kingdom of God because I think it's simply we don't understand it. And I'm not here to proclaim that I fully understand this morning, but by the grace of God, hopefully we can get a better understanding of what he is looking for when he talks about us being part of the kingdom of God. <coughs> me. What is the kingdom of God? And I guess, first of all, we need to understand what a kingdom is this morning before we can know what a kingdom of God is. 
of God or of this world. There's two kingdoms surrounding us. Uh, we're in some kind of a kingdom at all times. We're either in the kingdom of God or we're in the kingdom of the world, one of the two. What is, the ki- what is a kingdom? And I think a kingdom is simply a place where somebody reigns. It's a, it's a place where a king or an authority reigns over. I, I don't have the, the, the Webster's uh, definition, so to speak. But so, so it's a place where, where something reigns over or something is in control of, a king or authority. So what is the kingdom of God? What is the kingdom of God? The kingdom of God, I was just thinking about what, what is that actually, and I believe it's simply this. The kingdom of God is a realm where God reigns supreme. Jesus Christ is king. Those two words are very critical. God is supreme. Jesus Christ is king. No, nothing, nothing, no questions asked about that. I didn't go back to, I think it's Mark Carey that said it this way. Yes, yes, and amen. There's no... There's no, there's no uh, gray area about that. There's no, uh, not sure what that means, not sure if that's how it is. That is how it is. God's word is true. Steve Simpson says it this way. God's word is true. He is always right. What's the other, Merlin? That's the two ways. God is always true. God is always right. He has another word. I'm not sure. We'll leave it at that. Anyway, you get the point. There's no getting around that. There's some things... That, you know, when we go to Odin, there's two ways we can go. We can either go this way around or we can go this way around. But when we're talking about this very thing, that God is supreme, Jesus Christ is king, there is only one way to that. There's, not, there's no detour. You can't, you can't make two ways to get to that. There's only one way. Besides that, going on, what is the kingdom of God? That God reigns supreme. Jesus Christ is king. God's authority is recognized and his will is obeyed. God's authority is recognized and his will is obeyed. I think we need to understand that as well. It's not, it's not such a thing, you know, I, I think, I, wanna, I don't want to get ahead of myself here. I'm trying to figure out how I want to say this. But as I think about his authority is recognized and his will is obeyed. Um, it seems like we kind of we, we have a tendency in the in in the culture that we live in or grow up in, not downgrading anything of our culture. But I think we have some reason we have kind of moved that up here with we've kind of got Dean said something in Sunday school, I'm not sure what the exact words was, but kind of exactly what I was thinking. We've kind of moved our culture almost up with a little bit about where Jesus Christ should be. Maybe not that high, but it's it's too close, in my opinion. Don't have to be that way. Our culture is good, but let's not let remember God reigns supreme. Jesus Christ is King. Nothing gets close to that. That alone is up here. Nothing more. That's what that's part of the kingdom of God. Turn your Bibles to Romans 14. What is the kingdom of God? And I want to look at, I've got several scriptures, and I'm not sure if I'm going to get through them in, in, in fashionable time here. I want to try to give everything ample time, but still not go too fast. Romans 14, and I was, I was hesitant if I even want to look at the whole scripture in Romans 14, but I think I should because of, I think Paul explains here what the kingdom of God is, but he also explains what it is not. What it is not, and I think that's where 
in, in my own heart, I find myself sometimes, again, bringing in the culture that we grow up in. I think we have, uh, that's the reason what it is not, I want to be careful that I don't give, that I don't try to make the kingdom of God something that it is not. That I don't fall into that trap. Romans 14, let's start reading in verse 1. He that is weak in the faith receiveth you, but not to doubtful dispensation. For one believeth that he may eat all things. And Paul's speaking here to, to the people, and he's talking to them about the food they eat. And if you've ever been to Israel, if you know anything about the Jewish people, that is a very, very big deal. You don't eat this, this, and this, and you eat this, this, and this. And if you, do, you eat this, this, and this, you are definitely dying. You're going to hell. It's over. You can't do that. Paul is addressing that issue here. And this is, this is the part that he's bringing in. But I think as, as Paul's addressing the issue of, of meat and eats, I, I want you to kind of keep in mind some of the things that, that we do as a people uh, in the same line, have the same value as eat and meat. When we get down to verse uh, a little later in the scripture. Let not him that eateth despise him that eateth not. Let him which eateth not judge him that eateth. For God hath received him. Who art thou that thou judge another man's servant? To whose own master he standeth or he falleth? Yea, he shall be holding up. For God is able to make him stand. One man esteemed one day above another, another esteemed every day alike, another esteemeth every day alike. Let every man be fully persuaded in his own mind. He that regardeth the day regardeth not he that regardeth the day regardeth it unto the Lord. He that regardeth not the day to the Lord, he doeth not regard it. He that eateth to the Lord, for he eateth, for he giveth God thanks. And he that eateth not to the Lord, he eateth not, and giveth God thanks. For none of us liveth to himself, and no man dieth to himself. And then Paul is simply saying here that it's not so big a deal about what you eat, what you do, what day you hold, what day you don't hold. But the key that Paul's bringing out here, do it unto the Lord. It's what God brings to you and what he, what, what he, what he, uh, the things that he, I think I'm going to use convictions. I believe that's the best word for that, that he convicts you of, that he oppresses upon your mind, the things that, that are right in your own eyes. There's so many things. There are things in the Bible that are, this is the way it is and there's no way around it. Then there's things that we say, are like this, where there's really no, there's nothing that you can really say that that is the way it's got to be. And I think that's what Paul's saying here. In those things, don't judge a person because he does this or he does this, when it's not really something that God, God says, this is how it is. I think at that very point, we've overstepped our authority as people because we're not to judge one another. That's not our job. That's God's job. I, if, if it's against the word of God, yeah. We need to condemn it. The Bible tells us that. To rebuke, reprove, rebuke. Don't, don't let sin, like don't be quiet about that. But I think so many times in my own heart I find myself condemning something that maybe I don't see is exactly that way, but really, don't know. It's the way I see it is exactly right. If you know what I mean. It's the way that I can, I'm convicted in my heart it's right. But I don't really have no word to stand on to say that this is the way it's got to be. I think that's what Paul is saying here. Whatever, but besides all that, lay that aside. Whatever you have been convicted of, do it unto the Lord. Do it, do it, keep, keep it, keep it as you would be doing it to him. 
For to this end Christ both died, and he rose, and he revived, that he might be Lord both of the dead and the living. It seemed like I missed a verse here. For whether we live, we live unto the Lord. Whether we die, we die unto the Lord. Whether we live, therefore, or die, we are the Lord's. For to this end Christ both died, and he rose, and he revived, and he revived that he might be Lord both of the dead and the living. But why doest thou judge thy brother, or why doest thou set at naught thy brother? For we shall stand before the judgment seat, for we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. For it is written, As I live, saith the Lord, every knee shall bow, every tongue shall, shall confess, and I shall confess to God, so that every one of us shall give an account of himself to God. Let us not therefore judge one another any more. But judge this rather, that no man put a stumbling block or an occasion to fall in his brother's way. I know and am persuaded by the Lord Jesus that there is nothing unclean of itself, but to him that esteemeth anything to be unclean, to him it is unclean. But if thy brother be grieved with thy meat, now walkest thou not charitably, destroy not him with thy meat, for whom Christ died." And, and again, going back, I think Paul's again bringing out the same, same principle here yet. He, he's saying that let's not be so concerned about those things, but be concerned about our own, our, own, our own walk of life. We are all going to bow before God. We're all going to come before the judgment seat. It's, been, it, it's what I did. Yes, it's what your brother did too. What's, what's Jesus tell us? He tells us, get the mold out of your own eye, then you can help your brother. And, and sometimes it seems like too often I find my own self uh, trying to dig other moats out before I got, and I got one the size of a log in my own eye. But, so on, vice versa, on, on, the, on the, the other side of that token, sometimes we'll use that saying to get out of things that God wants us to be a part of. We'll say, well, we, we, we don't want to do that because what if we got a log in our own eye? I think there's, again, and I want to look at this. What is the kingdom of God? I think it is simply a relationship with Jesus Christ. Gary's been given a little bit of a, of a, uh, uh, he's been given a little bit of a series, I guess you can call it, on who is Jesus? Do we know him? And I think that is the very, very key. Do we know who Jesus Christ is? Do we know who Lord is? That is who the kingdom, and I want to get to that here in a bit. That is who the kingdom of God is. Let's keep reading in verse, um, verse 16. Let not then your good be evil spoken of. And then verse 17 is the verse that I wanted to get to, but I wanted to read this rest to, to bring into perspective what the kingdom of God is not. It's not the meat. It's not the, let's read the verse first. For the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but it's righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. And the Amplified Version would say it this way. After all, the kingdom of God is not a matter of getting the food and drink one likes, but instead... It is righteousness, the state which a person, which a person acceptable to God and heart, peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. For he that, for he that in these things serveth Christ is acceptable of God, and he is approved and approved of man. That is what the kingdom of God is. It's not. It's not. And I think sometimes we, we, we tend to think it's these. The kingdom of God is if we are. Uh, if we're obeying, if we're obeying, uh, maybe we're obeying this word. And I think it's good that we obey this word. Don't get me wrong. But I had a little note made up here. 
too often, I think, <clears throat> that our relationship that we think is with Jesus Christ, we have a relationship with a group of people. I think there's too many things like this. There's a relationship with a group of people, and there's not a relationship with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. When we have a relationship with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, we will have a relationship with the people. But I think there's too many cases where we are living in the kingdom of the world, and we're, we're proclaimed to be living in the kingdom of God, but we're actually, we don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ. Let's go over to Matthew to, to clarify this just a little bit. Let's go over to Matthew 10 and to see what Jesus has to say. He, he, he brings this point out about the kingdom of God. I should have maybe read the rest of that, but i got to keep moving. Matthew 13. Dennis read this scripture a couple weeks ago in, in devotion, starting in verse 10. Jesus addresses this very thing about the kingdom of God, and many times he talks about it, but here he specifically explains it to the disciples, what the kingdom of God is, and what, again, showing us how we can be part of it. And, and again, I don't want to be careful how I say that, what I said about uh, being having a relationship with a group of people and not really having a relationship with Jesus Christ. The disciples came and they said unto him, Why speakest thou in these parables? And why speakest thou them these par in parables? He answered, he said to them, Because it is given unto you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. But to them it is not given. Amplified version. I'm going to read it. He replied to them, To you it has been given to know the secrets and the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. But to them it has not been given. For whoever has a spiritual knowledge to him will be given more. To him will more be given, and he will be furnished richly so that he will have an abundance. But from him who has not, even what he has will be taken away. I think there is a, there's a realm, there's a realm that we are missing out on. And I'm not, I want to be careful that I'm saying we are, I'm talking about my own life. I'm not putting anybody else in that perspective. I just want you to, I want you to look at this and think about are, are we fully engulfing the full, the mysteries? Look, look what he said. Look what Jesus says here. If he's talking to, to his disciples, the one that know him as his person, as their personal savior, he says that it is given unto you the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. I think there's some things only if you have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ can fully understand and can fully.
Yes, we need to look at what his word says, but let's go on in reading. He tells us about, um, that's in another scripture. I, I keep getting ahead of myself, but I, I want to bring it in, I think, at this point. As he says, you know, when we pray the Lord's Prayer, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Only when, and another scripture is uh, Luke, uh, no, it's actually Matthew, Matthew 7, right? Luke 17, sorry, Luke 17. We can only know the kingdom, we can only be part of the kingdom of God when we do his will. I want to read that. Let's keep reading here first. For whosoever hath, I read a read verse 12, verse 13, therefore I speak to them in parables because they seeing not, they seeing see not, and hearing they hear not, neither do they understand. And in them is the fulfillment of the prophecy of Isaiah, which which saith, by hearing you shall hear, and shall not understand, and seeing you shall see, and shall not perceive. For this people's heart is wax gross, and their ears are dull of hearing, and their eyes they have closed, lest at any time they should see with their ears, and hear with their, see with their eyes, and hear with their ears, and should understand with their hearts, and should be converted, and I should heal them. But, Blessed are your eyes, for they see, and your, your ears, for they hear. Verily I say unto you that many prophets and righteous men have desired to see these things which you see, and they have not seen them, and hear these things which you hear, and they have not heard them. Hear ye therefore the parable of the sower. And he goes and he talks about how, how, you, how you sow, you know, how the sower, it says, and it goes, hear the parable of the sower, where anyone heareth the word of the kingdom, and understandeth it not, then come the wicked one, and he catcheth away, which was sown in his heart. This is he which receiveth the seed by the wayside. But he that receiveth the seed into a stony place, the same is he that heareth the word, and anointeth it with joy, and he receiveth it. Yet hath he not root in himself, but he doeth for a while. For when tribulation and persecution arise, because the word, by and by he is offended." And again, this is, he's given this illustration how the kingdom of God works. And I think if you go in the market, that's, that's the word to use. The kingdom of God is lacking too. And then he goes into this parable. And he says, you know, you, 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 share, you share the word with people. And I think it all goes back to this verse 11. You know, when you, when you share the word with people, unless they understand the mysteries of God and of the kingdom, they're not going to understand the word. There is, a, there is a vast difference between the carnal-minded man and the man that is part of the kingdom of God. Not only in his actions, but his understanding. And I think Jesus plainly tells us, it's not open unto him. He don't understand. He, things are not revealed. The power of his presence is not revealed in his life. It says here that he receiveth the seed into a stony place and that he heareth the word. And I want to go to verse 22. He also receiveth the seed among the thorns. And he that heareth the word, and the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches choke out the word, and he becometh unfruitful. Is that not ever what seems like is happening in today's society, in the, in the world that we live in? The kingdom of this world seems to, you, you kind of, it seems like they're part of the kingdom of God, and all of a sudden, here comes the money thing, and it just chokes them out, the riches and, and the pleasure. And he goes on to verse 23, But he that receiveth the seed into good ground is he that heareth the word, he understandeth it, which beareth fruit, and he bringeth forth a hundredfold, some sixty, and some thirty. 
Verse 24, in another parable, put forth unto them, saying, The kingdom of heaven is like unto a man which soweth the good seed in the field. But while men slept, his enemy came, and they sowed the tares among the wheat, and they went his way. But when the, bite, when the blade sprung up, and he brought forth fruit, then appeared the tares also. So the servants of the householder came, and he said unto him, Sir, didst thou not sow good seed in thy field? For whence, whence then hath it tares? He said unto them, An enemy hath come and done this. The servant said unto him, Wilt thou then that thou go and gather them up? But he said, Nay, lest while you gather up the tares, you root up also the wheat with them. Let them grow together until the harvest, and then until the time of harvest I will say unto the reapers, Gather ye together first the tares, bind them into the bundles, and burn them, but gather the wheat into thy barn. And I think, again, another very good explanation. You know, sometimes you look at the world around us, and you might look at even maybe the people that you are your neighbors, maybe the people that you know pretty close, maybe it's family members. But it's simply, and it may look like they're living for God. They're in the kingdom of God. But what, what, what is their fruit? What, what's coming out from their life? How, how do you know if somebody's part of the kingdom of God? I think it's simply, how are they living? What are they doing? And, and you might say, well, how can they be, how can, be, how can we be together? And I think that's what Jesus is saying here. You're going to see some weeds with the wheat. Leave them alone. The harvest time comes, he will separate the wheat and the tares. He says the tare will go and he will burn them. Another parable he put forth them saying, The kingdom of heaven is likened to a grain of mustard seed, which a man took, he sowed in the field, which indeed is the least of all seeds, but when this seed is growing, it is the greatest among the herbs, and it becomes like a tree. And the birds of the air come, and they launch, and the branches thereof. And again, I think it's, an, it's, a, it's another picture of what the kingdom of God can become when you become part of it. It looks like, it, looks, it starts as a small seed. There's hardly anything there. And then it grows, and it grows, and it grows, and it becomes into something great. It becomes into something great. I had a, I had a little dream last night, and I'm not sure how much of it I want to share. I didn't even share it with my wife this morning, but that's all right. We'll, she can hear it now. But I, I'm not sure where I was at. I don't know what I was doing. But as I was thinking about being part of the kingdom of God, that was, that was my message title since, I don't know, last week one day. Actually, probably the week before, really. But I, I, as I was in this dream, we were in, this, we were in a hallway, and, and it was a group, a group of, of people like, I was thinking about the church that I go go to. I don't know who was along. I didn't notice anybody that I knew. But we were walking down the hallway, and then there was little there was little doors, and there was there was places for church. Like this church was there, that church was there, that church was there, and it seemed like this this man that was there was this group of people that were Baptists. I don't know why that was that was specific. There was it was a Baptist group of people, and they were. They were filing into these doors, and some of them had head coverings on, some of them didn't. And I think what God was showing me, and as I, I woke after I've seen this, and I, I, I don't know how you are, but sometimes I dream. Next morning I get up and I just, I just kind of fall over. I, feel, I, I can see a little of it, but I can't understand the whole thing. But I, I wanted to make sure that I understood this because I think it's significant. And not only what Kevin shared, but I think it's what the kingdom of God is as well. But these people were Baptists. And some of them, that, that was their title, but they didn't look like it. Some of them were wearing head coverings, some of them weren't. But the thing that caught my attention most, the group of people that were going in there, they just kept growing. 
Like there was more and more and more going in there. I, it was like I was in a little group of like seven, ten. I felt like I was, our group was, you know, like it was okay. But it, it was just amazing to see that this, the main Baptist above the head, above the, the door, and you see these people going in, all kinds. Some of them had coverage, some of them not. But I guess the key that I want to get to is I think that God was showing me they were living by the kingdom of God. They were under God's authority. Because this, this whole head covering thing is, I think it's something that when people really look at the word of God and you really obey God for what it is, obey the word, don't worry about who's what. And you're seeing that in, in the world around us. It might look pretty dim around here, but when you start looking for it, it's happening quite a bit. It's happening quite a bit. And I, thought, I don't know if that's what God was showing me, but I think it was something with the kingdom of God that it doesn't matter what the title on the door is. It doesn't matter where you go to church. What matters is do you have a relationship with your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and only then are you part of the kingdom of God. Turn your Bibles to Matthew 7. Matthew 7. Uh, wrong scripture, sorry. Luke 17. No, it is Matthew 7. I'm chasing you around. I got, I, I read down my notes and I wasn't sure which one it was which. Luke 17 says, there's two verses there that I was going to read, but I, I, I had chose that. I got it marked, marked out. I wasn't going to read it, but it talks about, you can go read it if you want. But Jesus talks a little bit about the kingdom of God is within your hearts. He was, the Pharisees were there. They were looking for the kingdom of God. And I think sometimes that's kind of how we as people tend to be. We want to know where is the kingdom of God. Like, I want to be part of it. Where is it at? Jesus told them it's just within your heart. It's not, it's not something you can see. It's, it's, it's in here. Matthew 7, verses, uh, I want to start in verse 21. 21 to 29. A very familiar part of scripture again, Jesus' words. Not every man, not every one that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. But he that doeth the will of the Father which is in heaven. Many will say in, my, in that day, Lord, Lord, and we have we prophesied in thy name. And in thy name we have cast out devils. And in thy name we have done wonderful works. And then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you, work, you workers of iniquity. And I, I want to stop there and make a few comments on that. I think Jesus is simply telling, and I think sometimes when I read this, I look at it from a liberal standpoint. I look at it from a, from a standpoint of there's a group of people out there that are not obeying God's word. So they're not going to be part of the kingdom of God. But what about within the conservative circles? What about, what about the, the, the Washington Romish, if you will? Up to the, to the most liberal person. It doesn't matter who you are. Jesus says only until you do the will of the Father can you be part of the kingdom of God. How do we know what the will of the Father is? We've got a problem. How do you know what the will of the Father is? I want to give you just a little bit of example. I think you simply have to have a relationship. I'll give you the answer before I give you the example. You have to have a relationship with the Father before you can know what the Father's will is. Because if I, just take for instance me and my wife, if I only... I just, let's just use Rick and Carolyn. If Rick, I don't get in trouble. If Rick, if Rick says he's got.
got a relationship with his wife, which I trust he does, I know he does. But let's just say, for instance, he proclaims he does, but the only thing that he does is he goes and he gets the marriage. Suppose you got a marriage book, and that comes with when you get married. And he goes and he reads, uh, you know, uh, he should do the dishes once a month, or he should go to church with her, or do you think he really has a relationship with her? He doesn't really. He just he just goes and he does the dishes, and he goes back in his shop and goes to church with her. Doesn't really. He's not taught spiritually high about. Does he have a relationship with his wife? Does he have a relationship with his wife? No, he does not. What about our children? You know, when we just, we might, same, same concept. You understand what I mean? There's no, there's no relationship. When there's a relationship, there's a talking back and forth. You know each other. You know what the other person's thinking. You know what the other person expects from you. Do you have that with the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ? If we do not, we are not part of the kingdom of God. Do we understand that this morning? I think that's simply what Jesus is saying here. You can, you can say, Lord, Lord. You can sit in those pews. You can sing a song. You can say the words just right. You can come in the best of clothing. But unless you have a relationship, like Gary said, know Jesus. Do we know him? Unless we have that relationship with him, we are not part of the kingdom of God. And those mysteries are not revealed to us. It's only revealed to the people that know Jesus Christ as their personal Savior, and there is a relationship. There is a relationship. And when you establish that, uh, there's, there's, you don't see these things. They're, they're, they're trying to meet this person. Uh, if you want to look at it on our perspective, it's more what he wears, what he looks like. That all kind of goes away. That's not so important. What's important is that we listen to God and we obey his commandments. Because after all, when you go back to Romans 14, Paul says, what is it? It is, let's just go read it before we lose track of it. Let's go back to Romans 14 and read what is the kingdom of God. And I'm going to stop. It's, it says that the kingdom of God is not meat, but it is righteousness. What is righteousness? Romans 1.17 will tell you what righteousness is. It is walking by faith. And what is walking by faith is when you walk into something that God asks you to do, that is righteousness in God's eyes. When, we, when, when, Jesus, when God asks you to do something and you go faithfully, you obediently do it, that is righteousness in His eyes. That's, that is what is the kingdom of God. It is, it, it's not food and drink, but it's righteousness, it's peace, it's joy in what else? The Holy Spirit. How do we learn what, what God wants us to do? It's simply that spirit within us that gives us that relationship with our Father in heaven. Unless you have that, you cannot be a part of the kingdom of God. You're going to be like a duck out of water. You're a fish out of water. You can't. You're going to know where you're going. Your GPS is going to be broke down. You're going to. You're not going to make it to heaven. That's that simple. So, do we, are we part of the kingdom of God? Do we understand what the kingdom of God is? I want to read the rest of the scripture in Matthew 7 because this is what Jesus says. Therefore, whosoever heareth this saying of mine, he's talking about the one he just said, doeth them, will be likened to him a wise man which built his house upon a rock. 
He, and the rains descended, the floods came, the winds blew, and they beat upon the house, and it fell not, because it was founded upon the rock. The man, the man that, that heard these words and he put them into practice, he's going to stand. But what's going to happen with the guy that just kind of flies over that because, oh, I don't really understand what the kingdom of God is, so I'm just going to go on and move on and do the best I can. What's going to happen to him? It says right here, Everyone that heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them not, you'll, first of all, you'll be in this number that says, Lord, Lord, and Jesus will say, I never knew you. Because you'll be just like Rick is with the book and no relationship with Carolyn. We'll be just like that with Jesus Christ. And he, he doesn't know us. He doesn't know who we are. There's no relationship between us when we come to the judgment seat of Christ unless we have that relationship. But we'll be just, that, that's going to be us here in verse 26. Everyone that heareth these things of mine doeth them not shall be likened to a foolish man who built his house upon the sand. Oh, it looks nice. It looks good. It looks like it's going to stand. I mean, it looks like the rest of us, just like the, the tear in the wheat. But when the end comes, it says the rains descended, the floods came, the winds blew, beat upon the house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. Dead, done, none, over. It's not going nowhere. Only built on the, on the, on the rock. Only if you're part of the kingdom of God are you going to heaven. It came to pass when Jesus had ended these sayings, the people were astonished at his doctrine, for he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. I think the scribes simply read out of the book. They just read out of the book. But he taught with authority, with power. If you're part of the kingdom of God, you have, you have that access. You are, that's within you. Let's use it. Let's let's utilize it. I was going to read First Corinthians. I was going to read Colossians one, but I got to stop. Uh, if you want to know a little more about the mysteries of God, if you look throughout the Scripture, there's a lot. As I was studying this, there's a bunch in there about the mysteries of God. Do we know what the mysteries of God are? I think only until you are part of the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven can you know what the mysteries of God is. That's what Jesus tells us. That's what Paul tells us. We 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 can't. We can't reach our full potential. You know, you talk about healing and you talk about uh, praying for something and asking for God to change it. It's probably not going to happen unless you're part of the kingdom of God. We have to be part of that heavenly kingdom. It's here on earth. What's, what's, what, what do we pray when we say our, our, our Father which art in heaven, thy kingdom come what? On earth as it is in heaven. Bring a little of that heaven here on earth. That's what we're for. When we are part of the kingdom of God, we have brought that kingdom on earth. And it's part of that's his, we're his ambassadors. When people, the lost and dying world, there's nothing that will near draw them when they see somebody that is living under, that, under the kingdom of God and with that power and walking in it. Walking in it. Putting it to use. Don't hide it. What, what happens when you put the light under the bushel? Jesus said, that's not wise. Get it out where the world can see. Let people see who you are and what you stand for and who your God is. Come before the Lord in prayer. God, Heavenly Father, we come before you this morning. Lord, thank you for another day that you've given us. Thank you for the many blessings that you have bestowed upon our lives. And Father, this morning, we just... Lord, as we endeavor to share about your kingdom, and Lord, as you share with us, I just pray this morning, Lord, that as we share these words, that you would just impress upon each one of our hearts what you desire from us. You desire a relationship. You desire a, a 
and it intimate relationship as a husband and wife are married, just that, that relationship functioning. I just pray that you would, Lord, just make that clear to each person here this morning that that is your desire for each one. Lord, as we as we seek for that, as we endeavor to to have that with you, Lord, I just pray that you would open your eyes and show us how and you would give each one the grace to continue to persevere and to press through and to look for you. Tell us that if we knock, you will open. If we seek, we will find. And if we ask, you will be open up to us. So, Lord, I just pray that blessing upon each one here this morning. Maybe there's someone here this morning that's struggling with that. Maybe there's someone here that doesn't know Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. I just pray for them. Let them up to your throne of grace. And, Lord, as we go from here, I just pray as we come through the following week that you would just give us a new desire for you, a new desire for a relationship with you as you tell us in your word. Only then. And we'll be with you in heaven. So, Father, I just commit this day into you. Pray for each person that's here, that they're sick, the hurting, the lost ones around about us. We again just thank you for your word. Praise you and bless you.